And we are live with in the middle of Sean disappearing into <laughs> the background, blending into I, the background. <laughs> whoops. Not become. No more alive. Uh, while we're doing this, we're going to embrace technical difficulties right now. Everybody just let us know if, uh, you know, besides the obvious stuff, if there's any technical issues in terms of the audio, if you can't hear us before we start, that would be helpful since I, I can't actually hear myself. So <laughs> it's good to know. Um, and hopefully everybody has been having a good week. How's everybody? It's, uh, it's the first week of, it's the first week of September. Second, it is. Second weekend. I think so. Right. Second weekend. First, like, full weekend. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, and, it's the uh, first football Sunday. Oh, okay. Are you watching? Uh, actually, did it already happen? Like, did a game already happen, or is it, like, I, more games? It, uh, most of the games have happened. Now there's a few games. You can clearly tell I don't keep up with football. <laughs> it's probably, you know, you're not you're not missing much, but extra stress. Yeah. All right. Okay. I feel like there are a lot of anime sports fans as well. Like usually people separate the two, but I think a lot of people are into sports, like you know, like Jack's into sports. There's so many people into sports, like just a big thing for anime fans for some reason. I don't know why, but it's quite cool. It is really funny. I think there's like, you have like the anime fans who are into sports and then like they kind of, they like there's some crossover and then you have some who are like, I will not touch sports with a 10 foot pole. I do not want sports. But then they watch Haikyuu and like their whole world changes. Then they understand. Haikyuu, still don't watch sports. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it separate. Typical weeb. That's um, a good call though. Uh, chat has not said anything. Uh, I guess we're we sound okay, uh, mostly. I'm gonna do this one thing before we like officially start. And Shaw already did it. All right, great. I did it. <laughs> awesome. Um, let's see. All right. Without further ado, let's go ahead. Hi, and welcome to the Just Weaves podcast. I'm your host, Onimaru, and I'm here with Shocking, as we hey are guys. every week. And this week, we've brought on a special guest, Jamal, from the Get in the Mecca podcast over here on YouTube as well. And we brought him on to, we've actually checked out his content, and we thought it was uh, really cool, really insightful stuff he has on his podcast, which is a solo podcast that he kind of does by himself. Um, I think it's... It's weekly or is it now it's like monthly it's like it should be weekly <laughs> yeah it's one of those things where it's more like I, I should be doing this regularly but it's it kind of turned into like a vibe schedule so um something something like that yeah yeah we know how we know all about that keep we, a weekly schedule so we know um, about schedules and yeah, keeping up yeah. with them sometimes yeah yeah and it was actually shaw that um showed me Jamal's content and it was like, oh, you should check him out. It's like really interesting. And I kind of like have watched a few episodes and, you know, we were like, we need to get him on. We need to kind of like talk to him and just, yeah, just have a conversation about the overall craft of animation. Yeah. Um, so thank you for joining us. 
Yeah, no problem. I, I'm I'm happy to be here as like a regular listener as well. I feel like I'm finally sitting at the table for like the table that I'm always like listening to all the time. So yeah, it's like pretty exciting. Oh, that's an honor. Yay. Yeah, we just found out Jamal listens to us. So we're like, oh, that's great. <laughs> we're like, oh my God. <laughs> well, we listen but, to you, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I was going to, I, I was going to start by asking like, um, kind of like, how did you get into um, like anime and then like kind of go from there? Because I, I was kind of wondering yeah. if you after, well, we can get into it later, but I had like a line of questions that I was curious about. Yeah, so like, I kind of got into anime through manga. So just sort mm -hmm. of the classic pipeline, um, you know, started just reading Naruto and then like started watching Naruto because, you know, I just, uh, I didn't know it had a show and then I found out it had a show. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start watching the show now. Um, got through that and then it kind of just snowballed from there. You know, you watch a few more battle shonens. Like, I think mm -hmm. the second anime I think I remember watching was like Blue Exorcist. And then after that, I just kind of started watching more and more stuff getting more and more down the rabbit hole and then uh eventually I, I would say like the the real like animation arc began in like uh 2020 almost like you know COVID and pandemic you just kind of have a lot of time on your hands to like yeah. get into the weeds or something and then I kind of just started looking at like, okay, who was actually making the shows that I really like? And then it just kind of went from there. And now I kind of can't like unattach myself from it. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of like the story, I guess. How do you feel like uh, it's transformed your way of viewing anime from how you initially started to like now kind of grasping this whole other side of it do you feel like it's it's changed how you engage with it uh do you feel like you can still uh like make that separation of like i'm just gonna watch an anime for just pure entertainment or is it always like you're always on and kind of thinking about it that way now right yeah i do that question a lot because weirdly enough i think the two kind of come together in the sense that i don't I, I still like primarily watch anime because I like it. Like if there's a show that I like, I'm just gonna watch it anyway, regardless of like who is on it, who's making it or whatever. But it's usually I, I think it's more that I go in into it thinking I, I'm just more conscious of the fact that like yeah, the people behind it and there are people that are coming up with like the ideas and if there are like certain parts that I really like, then that's what I'll try and look up. But I'm still it, it changes the way you engage with with it in the sense that like I think you're just more conscious of the fact that th those choices that you're seeing regardless of what they are like someone was like you know in a writer's room who, who thought those things up someone wrote like, the really bad jokes or the really good jokes <laughs> um, there was someone yeah. that like you know drew xyz character and so like that's kind of how I think of it and then but shows that like I really really like, then yeah, I'm much more turned on. I'm like checking weekly lists of who was on whatever because I just really want to like just get into it because it's just so interesting. I yeah, I feel like that's made it harder for you to like absolutely dislike an anime, like like to kind of yeah. not like hate it. <laughs> now that you nah. know, like, there's humans behind this. They worked on this. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. I, I think you just had, kind of have to find that line between, um, I, I think because of the fact, you know, that they're humans on it, you should, like, critique it honestly, as opposed it like, of course, I'm not going to, like, um, 
you know, ruin a whole anime and just like rubbish it and say that it's like so awful and everyone <laughs> did it like I'm such a bad job. But it's more the fact that um, I, I think if if you really do care about the fact that like that people on, you'll speak about it honestly and like faithfully. But um, yeah, I, I do I do understand that weird feeling though, like especially online when you have like the people that worked on the show following you. You also don't want to like open. <laughs> you don't just want to you know completely like speak badly about their show so you just kind of have to find that middle ground i guess um and yeah do you have like a bunch of like animators and creators like following you yeah actually <laughs> that's, that's so much pressure oh my gosh yeah, yeah like um i think the one that i'm most proud of the um he's not actually how many followers but the um the direct not direct sorry the composer for hunter hunter 2011 um, Let's go. and like even though he doesn't tweet very much, but I, I didn't want to like completely freak him out and say like, yeah, you make the best music ever, by the way. <laughs> but like, yeah, it, it's quite nice sometimes, but it comes with like, a, I, I suppose a bit of a downside. Yeah, uh, that's really cool though. That's cool. That's a cool claim to fame. And th that's kind of almost more nerve wracking if they don't tweet often, because then you're like, what if like the one time they come on Twitter, <laughs> they yeah. see something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's a lot better than uh, my friend. Um, he is like the number one fan of, you know, the the manga, what's it called? Oshi no Ko, the one that's getting an anime adaptation. Right, by. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's like the number one fan and like probably the person I think of if someone brings it up. And he got blocked by the manga oh on God. Twitter. No <laughs> and, and I think she got blocked him, but he like posted a leak or something. And then they just Ooh. like blocked him. And so he was really sad for a day. So I think you're safe of that happening no matter what yeah, but that's yeah yeah i think you'll be good but um that's yeah, really... especially like i feel like most of your stuff I, I could be wrong i haven't seen everything but like you mostly talk about the visuals so you're not really talking about the composing so if you do get to that point then you know yeah worry. <laughs> yeah luckily I, I i don't really know like enough about music to say like it's bad you know it sounds good it sounds good so I just yeah. like <laughs> leave it at yeah. that, you know, like cool cool instruments and yeah just leave it at that yeah, that's awesome. Um, I feel like that's like such a relatable pipeline of like, I started watch reading, watching, and now like, I know who's behind it. And I can kind of like pick up certain, certain decision making. I think I've had that too, where I had like a kind of a, an epiphany where I'm like, okay, every single shot is a conscious decision. And I think that's like the case with like most, like most media and cinema, but there's something really, really specific about animation that they had like, as much control as humanly possible to like make things in a certain way that also that like just clicked in my mind where I'm like, okay, all of this is so intentional. There's so much thought being put into this. Like it's kind of almost like a way to pay attention even more, but yeah. it was, yeah, it's like a, we, it's a cool epiphany when you're like, oh, wow, like all of this is intentional. There's no, there's no accidental shot or like, you know, it's not, um, like you hear a lot of people call things like unnecessary, like something is an unnecessary decision. And it's like, no, like all of this is in the creator's mind, like very much intentional and necessary. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of what's improved my appreciation for particularly what you can maybe call realist films. So mm -hmm. stuff like maybe um, like Your Name or um, mm -hmm. some of the soda movies or, or whatever, or even some yeah. like the Ghibli movies, Jinro, et cetera. It's just the yeah. fact that um, oh, like a character stands up in a very specific way. 
someone like chose to to make the character like bend their knees in a certain way and like get up and and add the weight and all that and that's kind of like really fascinating to think of in a way that I I probably like wouldn't have thought of like a few years ago yeah definitely um so I think I know of two I could guess of three of your favorites but um what are your like top five anime if you had to pick top five anime uh that, that's hard because like i, I think usually it, it I, I kind of have a grasp on it but the yeah. like usually the last two change all the time like, okay you know, the other three change but i'd say like um number one would probably be even galleon um that's kind of like yeah. a hands down <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's kind of in the name um and then second place would probably be the Monogatari series okay um, nice that's yeah that that like what was, was a big one for me um to kind of change to a lot of the way I view things um thirdly that the, this is where it gets hard um I'd mm, I I'm going to say wait can I include movies in this yeah 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 yes. definitely. okay if I say movies then I'd probably say I would maybe say that like if I didn't have even getting on on first, but also I haven't even like finished the rebuilds, which is like really bad. But no, um, no, I, I'd probably say like Jinro, maybe. Oh, cool! Uh, oh, cool! Yeah, I, cool. I watched that not too long ago, but like I, I really liked that one. Um, fourth, I'd probably say like Ping Pong the animation. Yes, I think. Okay. solid. Yes. Yeah, and then finally. Um, this is also probably gonna like change a lot, but I'd probably say um, hmm, I probably say Saki Kuzo. Um, oh, yeah. nice! Which That's awesome. most people don't associate with me a lot. <laughs> like I think some people say, "Wait, what? That doesn't really move much." But I, I just found that like so funny to the point yeah. in which I, I just couldn't like not enjoy it. Yeah, those are always the funny ones. Okay, I thought you would definitely have Sunny Boy and um, EK Monogatari. Is it called? Right. Yeah. I totally thought those would be in it, but this, but I can totally, you know, you got like historic favorites and then like new things that are fun to talk about. So yeah, like I, I still really love those. Like those mm-hmm. are two of my favorite anime, but I don't know if I yeah. put them like in in the top five just because of like how like important those are. But to be fair, a lot of the things in the top five, like I really need to rewatch it anyway because like I don't know, I might like just hate ping pong next time I watch it. Although I probably won't, but <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So are the ones in your top five, I can imagine those are anime that you both fully enjoy and also appreciate, you know, like like on a technical perspective, but also like like Psyche UK, you said you like really just find it funny and you just enjoy. Yeah, uh, I, I'd say that's kind of with, uh, I although you like, of, of course you don't really need like an elaborate reason to like something, but yeah. I'd say that that is kind of why I like them anyway with, with almost anything even if it's not like oh I know like everyone that worked on every episode I still like appreciate it for what it does because what it does is really good anyway and so like I think that sort of natural appreciation comes out regardless if you do like something because if you like something you probably appreciate how it's done in, in the first place so yeah like I, I'd say those two things are kind of interlinked yeah, I only bring it up because uh, I think um, in the in your video for uh, animation direction changes everything or your that one episode you did like 
not yeah, too long yeah. ago. Uh, you mentioned Hakenden as an example, and you uh, say like how oh, you don't really yeah. like it. <laughs> you just, like, you, but you appreciate it, like you know, because what it's done and like the animation direction in it. So I feel like once you start to, uh, and you could disagree with me here, like once you start to see more of what's behind the surface, like like in terms of the production and kind of see that aspect of it, it becomes harder to like fully like like not like something like you at least find some angle to which you appreciate it on and it's usually like a technical perspective or something like that yeah but you, you did a really deep cut there because i don't even remember <laughs> that myself like um i i'd say yeah i i do agree i think it's that with with her canon specifically it's more that i i just this gonna sound maybe a bit mean but like i just find it really boring it, it's not like <laughs> it's not it's not a bad show in the sense that like the writing is poor or it's not animated well because both those are really good but i just don't feel like it's something that interests me that much and so uh, i i yeah that's kind of where the point came from i guess that like i i appreciate how much effort is put into it and and what it's trying to do but it's just not something that really resonates with me or the message just doesn't really hit me even though i know what it's doing I guess is like at least from a technical standard it's like i guess we could call above average or it's doing like a lot but i just don't really um it, it's not it doesn't really meet what i'm into yeah. personally which i think is kind of a few things really and and that's yeah that that's usually when i'm more towards like not really liking something but it's not really because it's like it, it, it's not doing anything good it's just because I, I just don't really see the vision personally yeah. I kind of love that, though, when you can praise something in a series or movie that's not necessarily, like, a favorite, because, like, maybe, like, most of it doesn't click with you, but this one certain element does really click and stand out. And I always appreciate when people kind of, like, do a shout-out on something like that, because it's, like, it really hones in on the, like, way in which that one element is really excelling, you know, because right, it's... Yeah. It's like we can always kind of like praise our favorites all the time and we we generally do but sometimes it's cool to say like i've seen this one series and it's not a favorite but this one thing really made an impact on me you know so i think it's kind of cool to switch it up i, I respect yeah. that i i think sometimes maybe this is just an anime discourse thing maybe it's just a film discourse thing but it's like if something isn't the best it's just <laughs> like not good enough but it's like yeah. there's so many things that are like it, it, there's there's much more nuance to it, I think. Like there's some things that are yeah. really good that maybe aren't like your favorite thing ever, but yeah, they're really yeah. good stuff. And there's nothing wrong with something being really good. Um, yeah. And in the same respect, like there's some things that maybe like yeah, they're not the best thing ever. It doesn't mean they're also like the worst thing ever. Like you can't like this. It's just I don't exactly. know. I I think maybe I don't know if it's a social media thing particularly, but I think people's perception is very like black and white. Which, yeah. Yeah, isn't really good for something that's like very subjective, like film. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's I think it's kind of all of the above. I think it's a social media thing, and then definitely like a film, and definitely like anime thing, where it's like it's either a one or a ten to some people, and it's like there yeah. are eight other numbers that could you know describe how you feel about something. And I've I've seen that a lot too, where people are kind of like um, they have that attitude of like, well, if you don't like it, why are you watching it? And I've had a lot of times where like I'll start something and it doesn't seem like I'll like it and I'll finish it and I'll still not like it, but I'll come away with a lot more positives and negatives that kind of like tell me a lot more about like my preferences and what yeah. I'm looking for in other series. So it's like a net positive experience, even if I don't necessarily like the thing that much. Yeah. 
And it's good that you guys also brought, brought up social media and discourse because the part of the reason also I was bringing it up is because like a lot of times, let's say, because people get so negative on something, uh, you know, on social media, in discourse, whatever, you kind of either feel compelled not to watch it or you're like, well, I need to watch myself to really experience it. And then you do watch it and you're like, well, okay, I still didn't like it, but it wasn't as bad as they said. And I kind of get what it was trying to do. But sometimes because you want to bring up its merits, people assume that you like it. So it's kind of hard to draw that distinction of like, no, no, it still didn't resonate with me, but you know, it's not as bad because I kind of get what it was going for and you know what it did. It's just like people, like you said, make it like too black and white. Yeah. I, I'm just, I, I just think, well, I think one of the best ways to really expand your horizons, I suppose, and really get to grips with what you like is also just to watch loads of different things, regardless of whether you like, you like them or not. Um, just watch loads of different things. It, I'm not saying also don't get into like the rat race of just watching stuff just yeah, to yeah. watch it because that is also very dangerous too. And mm -hmm. It's not a very good use of your time, but if you want to try something, I don't think you should be like, very hesitant to try it. Just go for it because regardless of whether it's good or bad, I think you're going to learn something from it at mm -hmm. least, even if it isn't like, it doesn't need to be like, you know, this profound thing that you learn from it, but you, you've learned more about what you're into and that will probably make a series... Or, or film maybe like a few weeks down the line much better because you now know why you like this even more. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. I guess kind of switching gears, but not necessarily switching gears. Um, I was wondering how would you describe your channel because I have a way that I would describe it that is hopefully complimentary. But I was wondering just like how would you like how do you envision it and like what's kind of like your goal through getting the mecca, which is a great name by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I. Um, uh, to be fair, the reason why I, I could again the Mecca rather than again the robot was partially because there's like a, the, the previously was a YouTube channel called the Robot, <laughs> yeah. but then also um, th there was also um, a podcast that came up like two weeks before I was about to like start my own called Again the Robot, and so I just had to like switch it, and and that kind of annoyed me, but now I'm like kind of happy with it. Um, but <laughs> but to your question. Uh, I, I think that the goal of the channel really is just to try, well, like mostly it's kind of just me talking about like the really niche things that I like, or at least the very particular things that I like. Um, that's like the the underlying motive that like, I don't tell people that I'm just kind of like just throwing stuff at a board that, you know, and just seeing what sticks. But <laughs> in terms of like the, the quote unquote real thing, it's well, the one, the external message is really just to try. And I think I, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to educate people because that's never mm -hmm. all. Like, I'm not trying to like teach people like what it's all about, but more so just trying to, I guess, expand how we view anime, at least beyond just like, is the writing good or bad? Or, mm -hmm. um, is this series good or bad, but more talking about like the small things that maybe change the experience, things that make it a more interesting thing to watch and just things to, to look out for and pay more attention to. Um, so yeah, I just try to like highlight those things. Uh, whether people like really stick with it is another question, but like I try to at least, you know, point out some smaller elements that make things perhaps more enjoyable or impact the experience. Yeah, that's, a, that's awesome. I've always found that the people who have been the most informative and like, best researched also always say I don't want to be say that I'm educating people, but then they end up kind of doing it in the process. So I think that's, I think that's really telling in a good way. 
but I was kind of thinking of like your channel. Like when I think of it, I'm like, this is kind of the content that I think everyone who has watched a lot of anime, like wants to see being discussed. Cause it's kind of like the pipeline wow. we talk about with like, like you start out and then once you start becoming conscious of the people behind the anime you like, and you start like actually kind of going down the rabbit hole of creators, seeing like who is influenced by what, like who's, what works they've done, like that you might not even know of, like the small, like, you know, roles they've played on other series. I think people really start getting a craving for like talking about the intricacies and like what is like animation direction or like visual storytelling. And they want people to be conscious of that. So I think your channel is like great for people who are really craving that kind of discussion. And I think like the more people watch of anime and the more informed they get, it's kind of like the perfect way for like, here you go. This is kind of a lot of the conversations you want to be having, like happening in one place. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think that was, I think the reason for it was because I also like was kind of craving that discussion. And so like, I just, you know, I, 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 I found somewhere to discuss it maybe mm -hmm. not with like a person, but you know, at least with a mic. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I just, when I find interest in something, I just feel like it's fun to share it with everyone else and see if like, you know, am I crazy here? Am, am I thinking like the right <laughs> thing? And so, yeah, like, uh, I think that's really like the motive behind it. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so no. now that you've brought that up, uh, why, why a solo podcast? Like, as opposed to um, uh, making like, just as opposed to like making like just edited, like, cause your podcasts are also edited. So like just a yeah. more focused video, it's more of like, just a, like a kind of a more free form. It does have structure, but like a podcast. Um, okay. For the solo podcast, in terms of it being solo, um, I just had no one to do it with. <laughs> so, yeah, like, kind of a sad reason. But, Practicality. Um, yeah. And then also, I guess it, it was just at the time easier to record a podcast just because of like also like hardware and stuff like that, like recording a video, editing a video um, just wasn't something. I, I, and also, I'm, I'm like, as you can probably tell from this discussion, like I I, I don't really speak in like straight sentences. Like I'll say something and then like I'll move on over to the other thing and the other thing. And so I think with the podcast, it kind of lets me do that and just be a bit be be a bit more free as opposed to you know having things like strictly like down and scripting things. I'm just not really like a big fan of writing like a yeah. whole script for something. And so yeah, just kind of like yeah, I, I like the vibes really. Yeah, it's got the vibes. Yeah. I actually like I noticed that I think that format does uh, pretty uh, it works for you because like like it does genuinely come across in the videos that I did watch that it is like like a like an exploration and like you're kind of just studying this thing or kind of really just trying to inform your impressions kind of based on your observations. But at the end of the day, you also end up saying like, you know, I'm not an expert and this is kind of what I think right now. It could change. I could be wrong but this is kind of what I'm going to put out there as what I think. And like, it really kind of uh, makes it feel like, you know, like as we're learning from you, but we're also kind of like, know that like, there's more to explore uh, if I word yeah. it correctly. Uh, I also really like, and I think Sean brought this up before, uh, that you give examples, like you like break things down, like you go the extra mile to not just say, you know, this term and like kind of like an overarching, like a, just a summarized definition, you then go and follow up with a specific example, maybe two or three, and then uh -huh. go to like word, like to explain that, uh, like what exactly like 
that is like an anime. And I like that in your recent videos now you're like showing it visually. Like you like there was the water one. I think it was the uh, what what do I call what was that called? The uh, it was just like water and anime. Visual I think. storytelling. Yeah. Like that, that one. Yeah, cool. yeah. I that like one. the part where you were like talking about the Great Passage, uh, which I've never watched, but I was just you know great I show. Just said by the way. <laughs> yeah. And then you showed the scene of of the guy kind of like staring across the ocean, like looking at the I guess the windmill or whatever it is. Yeah, it's the, like Ferris wheel. Or something yeah, like that, that yeah. Ferris wheel. And then you kind of like drew lines over it to kind of showcase like like the distance or I don't know. I just thought that was really cool and like interactive that you actually like bringing it on screen and like breaking it down. So uh, yeah, I think that's you. very valuable because uh, like there are people like myself that like have the craving to know more about this stuff. But like a lot of people and a lot of content that I've seen, they like, they refer to the thing, like as if you already kind of know about it or like mm -hmm. they don't really go like into the yeah. nitty gritty. And a lot of times you just want examples. It's like to really yeah. wrap your head around it. So I like that you do that. Yeah, thank you. And I, I think, I think that's where the podcast format in general, like even with your podcast, like comes really in handy in the sense that like you can kind of build ideas. So you can talk about something and like, oh, we spoke about um, why X animator is, is doing really good things. And then you can say refer back to this episode and so on. It kind of stacks upon itself as opposed to like with YouTube and a lot of like YouTube film discourse. I think people often kind of just like get to the points. And I think sometimes you want to like build the ideas and the points and so on. So like I kind of, really like that i guess and also just like generally a podcast where i really like especially especially like anime podcasts like your podcast um like there's some really nice running jokes like the march comes in like a lion rod is like my favorite moment <laughs> in the entire thing it, it was like i just had to like pause the podcast and like process that all because i didn't know how someone could like dislike that show so much <laughs> we know some people we know some people who they really have opinions <laughs> Yeah, I still need to watch it. <laughs> I think the podcast will end, like that'll be the f season I finale. Think final episode <laughs> is like you watching March comes in like a lion and finally forming an opinion on it. Yeah, weeb's come in like a lion. Weeb's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just like an incredible moment. But like, I, I, like you can't really, you can't. I don't say you can't have that in a video, but like it doesn't have that same effect really. Um, and yeah, like I, I think that's where like podcasts just. just well, sorry, I can't speak like specifically for film like works yeah. like really well. Yeah, I like yeah, and I can tell with yours like when I, it does have that cool like stream of consciousness feeling to it that like, I think you do a good job of like articulating yourself like, but I love how it, I think Onimaro said it too. Like, it's like, oh, it's like, here's this cool thing I like, but I also found it like similar here or it's different here, but it's also really cool because I know if I was like, just kind of doing it like solo podcast i'd sound so unhinged i would just be going off to like things like, like be so i would be so unorganized but like in my head it makes sense so like i would just be going in all directions i still kind of do that but at least like onimaru's here so i look a bit less crazy so it's like so it's like a conversation and not just like no, you wouldn't be unhinged you'd have like seven excel sheets just open at once and you'd none of them are updated point. they're just th seven sheets and they've all been started and none of them have been finished you guys are so like organized when it comes to like watching anime they're like when you have the spreadsheets and you have mosaic and all that, i can't do that at all like i have pretty messy malice but you know like you shall like on twitter you have like the scores on the thread and everything so I, I can't like format my anime watching like this no, that's like a probably better. I think 
it gets a bit it, somehow getting organized feels unhinged because it's just like I, well mine gets really bad because i have a spreadsheet where i'm keeping track of everything i finished this year which is actually kind of helpful because i don't remember anything like beyond a month so i'm looking back at something from february and i'm like oh i i did something in february but but then i have like the airing spreadsheet of like shows i've seen that have aired and it's just getting it's getting a bit in the weeds. Like I enjoy doing it, but it, it's getting a bit much. So I need to <laughs> I need to chill a bit. Um, one thing I did want to bring up, bringing it back to like, I guess, animation as a craft um, is specifically uh, animation direction. I know you did the uh, podcast on it. I watched it. You had good examples. But like for someone sort of like like starting out that really can't pick up on uh animation direction like themselves like how how would you define like animation direction uh, or anime direction being distinct from like like being able to tell like it's not the writing and it's not maybe the idiosyncrasies of an animator it's like specifically the direction um, um i suppose I, I define it as like the the sort of the philosophy of the drawings and the art in that episode or more specifically like what is the unifying approach behind all the all the i guess like visual things in the episode um it's definitely something that's like much harder to pick up on i suppose mm -hmm. just because of the fact that um well one i think because a lot of anime discourse does lean towards viewing visuals as like a secondary thing as opposed yeah. to like a primary thing and also just the fact that um not all animation direction i suppose is very distinct and like that that's probably one of the main limitations of that video i guess it's just the fact that you know you kind of have to to really talk about it and, and its real impact you kind of have to talk about more distinct examples as you know even though animation direction is like a thing in the anime pipeline that's always being done it's just the fact that it's not always used to really like bring out the messages and ideas a lot of the time it's very much for like quality control and mm -hmm. so um yeah I, I think animation direction is very much about like the yeah the, the the visual approach to a lot of like the drawings and like what those are trying to say and how they like bring out uh, what we're watching specifically okay that makes sense that makes sense. And I think you also is like a great example for like that you brought up because it's like everyone, not everyone, a lot of people can tell like the Yuasa philosophy and his animation style. Yeah. So like when he comes on as like a guest anime director for an episode, you can definitely tell it's him. So it's very distinctive. So I think that works yeah. out really well. Is um, um is Yuasa what you would call a form distorter, uh, Jamal? Uh, <laughs> that's also a very deep cut. Uh, no, so okay. Onimara gets like the PhD in like every guest, and he's like in yeah. the weeds and he's got like the terms. It's got it's. I'm, it's I'm a very on. in the weeds guy. <laughs> no, I actually like. I really like that episode. Uh, I think it might be my favorite. The the form in anime podcast that you did. Um, that what like I don't know. As soon as you started saying like your theory about like okay, there are form conformists. And there are form distorters. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, this is it. <laughs> yeah. This is the shit right here. Yeah, I, I got I so excited. Up, yeah. I do come up with like kind of weird terms like on the fly just to you know like justify my thinking. But um, it makes sense though. Yeah, that was so like, cool. It, like, it, in, yeah. Sorry. Um, like in in the case of like Yuasa, I'd say it's more that Yuasa doesn't really. He's not. As, yeah, like kind of in that fr framing, he doesn't really um he he's not very um particular about 
I, I guess, consistency. Um, he's very much about like idiosyncrasy and so on. And so the form of one character usually looks very, or well, at least one character design, often looks very different throughout the series, but that also has its own um, benefits, I suppose. Like, and I think that's something that I, I like really appreciate about animation. It's when um, I think there's a lot of focus on things being consistent all the time, because I think people often view inconsistency as bad, which mm -hmm. Like sometimes it can be honestly like it, we see it when like shows melt and they become very inconsistent, but also when it's done intentionally, I think inconsistency can be really good because it allows you to sort of like bring out the messages even more. Um, it's it's kind of like adding extra like a special spice on a particular episode. You, know, you bring out the flavors of, of like the certain dish you, you're presenting because you know you you change the lines or you change just how things are drawn in that episode. And yeah. just, uh, I guess, for context for listeners, uh, in that episode uh, that Jamal had, he just basically broke down that uh, there are form conformists, which are uh, directors or animators that, really, I think it was animators, that stick to making the characters look more realistic to their core, so they're more relatable. And then the form distorters that kind of, uh, kind of like break the rules of the body composition to sort of prioritize showing like evoking emotion and stuff like that. And Yuas is like a good example of that for reference. Yeah, like, I think in that, like looking back at it, I probably wouldn't have maybe used those terms in the sense that um, I, I think some people would usually refer to like those sorts of animators as, or directors as I guess realists in, in that sense. So like, you know, you have people like, um, well, at least some of the most famous realists, people like Toshiki and Oe, like Hiroyuki Okiura, like they're very much about, and, and yeah, they even often describe themselves as being quite conservative in the sense that they're very, um, they stick to, to like human forms and what's like real for human movement. Um, but like, again, you have other directors and animators that kind of, they veer away from that, but it always depends on the context as well, because sometimes people like differ depending on the show or like the context it's in. Yeah. yeah. But I think the way you described it is like a good starting point, even if, you know, you refine it later on because it led to, uh, I think the part that I liked is that you broke it down to, these are almost like visual shortcuts that really that, you know, to getting to understand what the director writers, like the message they're trying to communicate. Yeah. And that like thought was just very interesting. Yeah, and I think that's why um, people uh, should need to think more about animation in terms of its, I guess, what it has to say. Because often, and, and this really annoys me, is when people say that like a show is almost carried by animation in the sense oh. that, yeah, like the, show, <laughs> like, the, the writing is hollow, but the animation is good. And uh, they have a point, but it's more the fact that I think you're assuming that the animation has nothing to say. Mm -hmm. And the animation is kind of just there to exist as opposed to like the writing. But like, I, I think it's about time we viewed animation as storytelling in itself, mm -hmm. which is part of the story that it is. It's not to say that it's the writing, but it's it's telling its own story next to the writing, which is also part of that story, too. Um, yeah. So I think those things kind of need to be like reconciled a bit. Yeah, that's an interesting point, too, because I was wondering, what do you think about the shows that, you know, I feel like we see the same the same or a similar kind of Demon Slayer clip going trending every week. And it'll either be because someone is saying like, oh, 
this animation is best. It's not getting topped. But then you get the counter wave of people saying, this doesn't actually look that that good. Like people need to stop praising it so much. And it's kind of like you're in a weird middle ground, at least for me, of like not agreeing or disagreeing with either. But like to your point of saying like people need to kind of step away from like something is carried by animation. What do you think of in that case? Like what do you think it is that makes a Demon Slayer clip so popular for people, even if many people are saying like the writing isn't as good and the animation is good? Like what's the magic behind that? Yeah. Um well, like, I'm kind of in the middle of both of those takes where like, I don't really agree with either in the sense that I, I do, because often people try to make it out that these things aren't, like, thought out, as yeah. we mentioned before, almost, but, like, they, people are just, you know, throwing effects or, or on the screen, which they're really not. Yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, it's like, I think there's also more to animation than, you know, like really large effects and yeah. so on, or like really large effects showcases, which are good, but they're not everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the reason why people are really attracted to him, I think is, hmm, uh, that's kind of hard to answer. Like, I, I think it's partially just because that's, I, I think it's also because it's particularly for fighting animation. I think people are able to measure what makes good fighting animation much better, at least in their own minds, just because, you know, like, we will watch action movies. And when you see like a fight that's really like intense and heated, you kind of understand, you understand the language of like aggression and so so much easier as opposed to, you know, like some, some really subtle animation, someone picking up a cup, like how do you really, you know, talk about that so easily? And so I think people are drawn to that because like, I guess action language is so much easier to understand and action is so much easier. When you say easy, not in the sense it's easy to animate, but it's easier to, I think, grasp what quote unquote makes a good fight and, you know, what makes a fight feel brutal and so on, as opposed to like other forms of animation. Um, But yeah, like you hardly see online, you know, someone saying that like, this animation is never going to be topped. And it's, you know, someone like some really like, small animation so I'm getting out of bed for example that's really well done but yeah. people don't really talk about it like that yeah it's like the inherent flashiness that is pretty much you get in action anime or any action scene you know it's about what's really flashy um and that's what yeah. you know is kind of you know doing the rounds in terms of popularity mm-hmm. I, I although I, I'm not gonna lie like I, I I think some people also they equip they um sort of equal flashy to being bad mm-hmm. which I, I don't agree with like I yep. think you can have really great flashy animation and I'm maybe like I'm betraying what some people thought of me but like I think the flashiness of demons is actually really good mm-hmm. and one of the things I like really like about it um, yep. if anything I think it brings out like the individuality of the characters so much more um, and, and what the, those are like the highlights of the series to me and I think they are yep. really like well thought out and good um, I don't think everything that is valued is inherently good just because like of course I think you have to make compromises for the viewer to kind of understand what they're watching but I wouldn't say that like it's flashy therefore it's you know shallow because mm-hmm. th- there's so much you can do with like really flashy things you know look at all these shows like that they, they have all these flashy moments but th- those are what make them exciting as well so I, I yeah. think you kind of have to like find the balance between those two things yeah for sure 
I don't know, Jamal. As a subtle animation enjoyer, I am betrayed. I feel betrayed. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I think uh, no, that's definitely true. I don't. I don't think flashy is bad. I just feel like uh, with with a lot of this stuff that's being praised, usually it's that's kind of like what you were saying. It's what's noticed first. So yeah, because it's. I think the problem with the I guess the Demon Slayer episode in terms of the context of this conversation of like why it's being praised it doesn't have much to do with conversation of of it's telling a story visually it's kind of really apparent what it's telling it's it's a fight so there's not really much to kind of you know that you have to kind of really look at and pay attention to whereas in your content what you're talking about more is more of the subtle like intricate uh stuff that kind of goes often unnoticed or is underappreciated and that's the stuff that really helps elevate a lot of these works yeah i think i think you always have to have that balance and that's maybe one of my um like perhaps one of my qualms with demon says more the fact that um and even some other shows as well like a show like attack on titan like i really like attack on titan don't, don't get me wrong like i, I gotta, not, gotta I, set the <laughs> gotta set the yeah. no no hate zone all all, all love for attack on titan <laughs> yeah but i think it's it's more the range of its animation i think is quite limited in the sense that like it is oriented pretty towards the action stuff and like that's fair of course based on you know resources and time and so on like i, I get it you want to those are the main parts of the show yeah. those are the heights of the show and i love those moments but i think um perhaps for drawing out what makes those i think there are also some really great parts of those shows that um could maybe i don't say do with more work but perhaps more attention could be put into you know i guess there's subtle moments but that being said that like, i still think like demons demons that i think compensates for that in different ways through mm -hmm. like i guess the general direction cinematography that shows like really good on average mm -hmm. um and yeah so i i think it's more just the fact that you kind of need a bit of that even spread to really at least if you're trying to tell a story visually um you have to kind of yeah, balance things out. And of course, uh, I don't want to build an unfair comparison, but I think why some people really like, you know, say Ghibli movies, for example, is because they have that even spread, you know, you have, they, they build the character visually through through the animation, not particularly, you know, during the, the big action moments, but just generally throughout. Um, and of course, like, again, it's a bit unfair because of the resources they have, the time they have, et cetera. But um, just the general idea of, of those movies of kind of what I think make them attractive and maybe what a few, like, more shows, if they have, like, the opportunity to do so, could, could maybe, like, adopt. Yeah, I've I've found, um, I think the more I've, like, been aware of different types of animation and then, like, you know, the attention to detail plays, I find that, like, I've gone from thinking of kind of like very flashy fights. This sounds really, this is going to sound really snob. Uh, excuse what I'm going to say. It's so, I still love like really flashy fights and like, you know, the the kind of spectacle flashiness. I still love that, but I think I've come to the point where I kind of remember the like very detailed character moments a lot more because I I think it is kind of a bit more rare for to have that stick in your mind or at least pay attention to like the subtle character animation. So like, now, when I think back to even like some of my favorite action series, I'm like, oh, if they can nail the character animation, then that's like when they're really kind of crossing the border into being like consistent, consistently excellent. So like yeah. I remember like in like Haikyuu season two, like the fight with like Hinata and Kakiyama, they just like really carried the weight of both characters really well. I have like a certain clip I have on like Sakugaboro that I'm like, that's the one that's this is good stuff. But 
it's like, you know, most people probably wouldn't remember as much, but since I've seen the series like three or four times, I'm like, yo, that's, that stands out to me. That's some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, that's also why I really appreciate shows like uh, My Dress of Darling, for example, yeah. in the sense that I think when, it's particularly because I, I think that show has a level of popularity to the point to which like that will have some people that maybe are more inclined to watch action things and maybe watch that show as well. And so yeah. a show like that, which is, uh, I don't want to say pure like acting, but you know, they're yeah. not really, you know, they're not really fighting. And so yeah. uh, yeah. the action at most is probably like a character running, for example. And so I think that is those shows like that, I think really give the opportunity for people to really appreciate that sort of animation as well. Besides, you know, again, you, you, your sword fights and like martial art moments. Um, yeah. yeah, and those shows uh, are also just like really good and fun to watch, like for, on a regular basis. Yeah, we've captured all the dress up darling enjoyers. We've all we got them all, which is good to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did have a question for you, actually, uh, Jamal. So, um, if you don't know, if if someone doesn't know anything about kind of like like looking more uh, into the production side of anime and kind of wants to appreciate that side of it more. What do you like if they didn't if they are starting completely from zero uh, and they kind of just want to dabble in it? What do you consider the essentials? Like if they're if they don't need to know everything, but just like a few things like either essential animators or directors or even just terms, what do you right. think is the most important to start off? Um, I think maybe like obviously this is going to be a bit biased to like what I'm into and what I focus on, but um, I'd say the three like critical things to really like if four like critical like I guess credits to start paying attention to are um, storyboard, episode direction, animation direction, and then like key animation, mostly because like those are the things you're mostly going to be like looking at. Um, and, and I say that mostly because uh, I think everyone knows that a show is directed by like an individual is directed by a person, if not like maybe one or two people, maybe even three people. But I think what most people don't really think of straight away is the fact that the show is also brought to you by like a team of people as well, like, you know, about maybe 12 to, I don't know, 15 storyboard artists on a 12 episode show, for example, and multiple animation directors and episode directors, etc. So I think like, if you really want to try and I guess get to that um, next level of like just trying to like appreciate anime as like a craft. I suppose you have to kind of go beyond just thinking of like uh, like Yuasa, but you have to think of all the people that work with Yuasa as well. Um, and that's what I think will kind of build your understanding of um, I guess like how the show is put together and the fact that there are multiple visions working together. Um, yeah, that, that those would probably be. I kind of cheated on that question, kind of. Like, no, um, that's a good answer. Yeah, like that would kind of be like my the things to pay attention to on like you know various websites like AnyDB, for example. Like, I, I would look at those things in particular. Okay, um, and actually, now that you mentioned that, um, not to derail too much, but then, do you not believe in auteur theory? Ooh, that, that's, I feel like that's also like, a, yeah, that's like a, a controversial question. Um, yes and no, in the sense that I, I think, I, I think there's something to be said about the fact that there are like really influential big creators in the anime space, but 
I, I don't, I think putting a focus, uh, and I don't know like really any formal critiques of alter theory, so I'm not really drawing on that, but like, I, I think, I think there's just anime is much more micro than that, or at least there's, there are many more micro things going on in the anime process to kind of focus purely on individuals in the same way that people also kind of devote a lot of things to studios in, in, in like the anime sphere, you know, like, oh, Mappa did a great job here, Kyoto Animation did a great job here. And those are like, I understand where they're coming from. I'm not particularly dissing them, but, but it's more like there's much, it, it goes much deeper down than just like a single entity. And so I think like, if you want to view anime a bit more technically, you have to get a bit more into the weeds and view it as individual people and like teams and so on, but not like devoting it to individual big people that, you know, just shaped everything because there, there are so many things going on in the landscape and like within a show to like, I guess, devote it to like a single author or like a quote unquote, like author studio, if you could say that. Yeah. Yeah, the reason I actually mentioned it is because that actually uh, happens a lot with Anno and Evangelion. Yeah, yeah. When you go really deep into Evangelion, like the discourse, or you start looking up interviews and stuff like that, a lot of people attribute like a lot of it to Anno. And then there's like detractors that are like, well, it's a team. It wasn't just him. There were other people involved. Like, not all of it was just him. So, yeah. you know, so I just wanted to see your perspective on that. Sounds like a very balanced perspective. Um to go away from that, who is your favorite to <laughs> pit your favorite directors against each other? Do you have like a favorite director, like storyboarder or like key animator? It could just be director, just to keep it just to okay. keep it competitive for the auteur <laughs> theory follow-up. Yeah. Um this is all very much like my top five anime list. Like it's very it's very much like just vibes at the moment. So uh I'd say if I was to say like my favorite director in anime, like right now, it'd probably be the um, Tatsuya Oishi from the, you know, director of Kizumon Gitari, uh, Bakumon Gitari, um, and, and various other things. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say he's probably like been the director that's influenced just how, like not even just in terms of anime, but just how I view art in general. It's just mm -hmm. like completely changed after like I watched both Bakumon Gitari and Kizumon Gitari. Um, and yeah, like I, I just can't really see it any different now. So yeah, I, I'd probably say Oishi's like up there for me. I need him to do like more things. Like I, I love, I think he's like chef's kiss. Um, so, cause those are probably my two favorite Monogatari entries at this point, like Bake and Kizu. And I'm like, I'm not saying I wish he did everything else, but I wish, yeah. <laughs> I wish he did more things for me to watch without taking yeah. away from the other director. Yeah, he kind of like did a bit of a mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. um I think I think I believe he has done a few smaller things, very small things here and there, but I can't remember them like off the top of my head. But mm -hmm. yeah, nothing, no like very big projects as of yet, which is like very unfortunate for you know, someone that is maybe like one of the best to ever do it. Um yeah. so yeah, like kinda hurt, but um, I, I do hope like they are doing well. I, I don't. I don't know what happens, but yeah. Yeah, I need. I need him to do everything because I like because he did essentially kind of start it off. Like Baki was like the really big. You know, it set off the series for success. So it's it was really cool to see. And then see, I I'm not sure. Did you see? Did you watch Monogatari when like Kizu was out already, or were, did you see Baki? And then were you there for like the ten year gap? 
between like Kizzy Bakke and Kizzy dropping. Unfortunately, like I I didn't have to suffer through that. Like I kind of just watched the whole series when it was all out. Um, So I I just kind of had the advantage of just, you know, watching and letting it all wash over me. Uh, But yeah, that would have been very painful to, to, you know, like wait 10 years of like, this 10 years of like hard suffering for you, you got like good results at the end of yeah. the day but like yeah that, that's probably that, that's harder than like what bleach fans have had to go through yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's so true that's yeah um that's good that'll be interesting to see this upcoming season but uh yeah i didn't um i didn't see bake in 09 but i was both uh, I saw it in like 2015 but i was both spared the um watch order discussions of do you watch Nisei or Kizu uh, after yeah. Bake? I was saved because Nisei <laughs> was the only option, but I did wait a bit for Kizu. So as you said, the results were worth it. But yeah, it was a bit of a wait. Yeah, I also um, uh, like maybe just to like out myself, I did watch Kizu in release order, not like right after back in one guitar. And I, I liked it, honestly. Yeah. Um, no matter what people say, I know some people say, no, you're doing it wrong. I, I, I don't <laughs> care. Like, yeah. I, I, I liked it and it was cool and it was one of the best experiences ever. So, like, I don't regret anything. Yeah. And that's all that matters. It doesn't, I don't think it really matters at that point. It's like, if you enjoyed it, that's all that matters at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Release order is Kizu after Bake. Is that what release order is? Yeah. Oh, that's how I watched it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause that, cause that's how the original light novels I think were released. Yeah. So it, like it yeah. works, but yeah. I, I partially like wanted to just get to it first anyway, but, and then I, and I found validation by looking up a watch order. Like, well, this is release order. I'm like, yes. Okay. I'm doing it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so then who is your best mono girl that it has to, it has to uh, happen. Hmm. This is hard and maybe a bit of a controversial take, but I actually say, uh, okay, wait, oh, I, I just, I just thought, <laughs> okay, yeah, um, it'll probably just be Shinobu, like, that's maybe a bit of a boring one, but No, yeah. that's good, no, that's good, we got the two Shinobu stands. I was yeah. about to say Mayoi, but then I realized, like, Shinobu kind of exists, so <laughs> I had to, like, change that really quick. Exactly. Those are cool picks, though. I like it when people have, um, like... Like my, she's not my favorite, but I, you know, it's cool to see like switching it up a bit. Yeah, like the way she's handled in the series, obviously, like can be very much like for scrutiny, and I very much <laughs> yeah. understand that before something yep. like I'm really weird because you know, like I, I recognize what's very wrong with those moments, but like I think it really clicks with me in like the Mayo Hell arc. I think it yeah. is, or uh, no, Mayo Jiangshi. I think really like those two arcs. I think they're like two of the best in the series. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's kind of what the, her first arc is kind of boring for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's kind of whatever. But like I think she really becomes like a, I, I guess we can maybe call it a true character, or at least a fully fledged up character. Um, like by that time in the series, do you Definitely. feel like uh, speaking of Monogatari and like going through the whole series, did you feel like something was lost visually and stylistically as you get further on? Like you know how like Bakke yeah. was really known really for being all of the you know the most stylish and then by the time you get to Nisei or even second season it doesn't it's not really the same it's not like that anymore I, I'm gonna actually say no like I I found I find I I think it's really because of like Akiki Shimbo uh, as a whole like I think the show is very for show of its length I think it's very consistent like it it and maybe even to a fault in the sense that like 
Um, and something that I, I often try to recommend now before someone watches Back in One Guitar or One Guitar in general is to watch The Soul Taker, which is a show by Shimbo. Um, and that's because it's him and Akio Watanabe, and they kind of do a very similar, th maybe not a similar thing. It's, it's probably even more intense than Mon Guitari, but like you, if you watch that show, you'll definitely understand where Mon Guitari is coming from, from a stylistic point of view. And I think that a lot of that vision is still there, even if it's not exactly the same. And so I think like the overall, um, like I guess, style of the Mon Guitari series, that sort of surrealist edge it has, is like very consistent for how based on how long it is i think that's still very prominent and just really why i appreciate it so much because it feels it, it, it's i i personally maybe because it's been a long time but i personally feel like it stayed very much the same and again consistent like throughout most of its run even you know after oishi wasn't necessarily you know like directing the show per se um and i think that's really just because like there's just a there's a really good glue it to that show and that glue is shimbo um yeah yeah that makes sense um is do you have a a favorite you know we talked about like not treating like studios like monoliths but is there do you have a favorite studio in terms of like visual identity or at least like visual consistency that you know you really connect with Right. Yeah. Like I, 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 yeah, I usually, as you kind of like alluded to, I do kind of stay away from saying like, I have a favorite studio yeah. mostly yeah. because like, yeah, you do kind of, it, it does get a bit reductionist, but like if I was to say um, where I like a lot of the creators at certain studios, um, Shaft would probably be one of those places. Um, I, I knew you said one, but like if I was to just say a few. Yo, go, oh, um, as many as you want. Yeah, like, yeah it's um, okay now. As soon as studios start following you, then you can't say this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll be in a lot of trouble when Mathis starts following me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'd say also I'm really into a lot of the directors recently at like Cloverworks, or at least those who've been working with Cloverworks, um, namely like Shimak Bayashi and and Shinohara and some of those people um yeah like, I like people from a bit of everywhere to be fair because then like you could say oh I'm into some of the people like Sain Saru um mm -hmm. some of the former people in Sain Saru um and Madhouse etc like that's the thing it, when when you get me like talking about studios I eventually just start talking about like everyone in the industry and then yeah. and it doesn't really become about studios anymore yeah um but yeah like I, the, if I was to like say something, it'd probably be again like those sharp directors and Cloverworks directors at the moment. But like, it, as, as always, it's like always changing. I guess mm -hmm. just depending on the mood and like what's being made. That's cool. Yeah, I was I had a feeling it would be Shaft, but I wanted to confirm. But also good to good to qualify that it's like always changing because it's cool that you're like. Well, then I just get into people who are all like all over the industry, and that's like the cool realization you have, the more you get into it, that you're like, no, these people have worked everywhere. So it's not like this studio is the best versus this studio, you know, where it becomes kind of like a sporting event of like, yeah. which studio do you got? <laughs> yeah. And that's the, sorry. And that's the thing that like, I think people have to realize about anime is the fact that like the industry is so connected to the point where just like to, to say that like, oh, I like this place isn't really saying much at the end of the mm -hmm. day because uh, one one second they are working at this place and then the next second they're working uh, at a completely different place. Um, yeah. Most people aren't very tied down to specific places, which is why I think like 
it's not to say that you shouldn't care about a studio because those are like the the very basis through which like people create stuff through um, yeah. but it i don't think like you should put all your emphasis into those specifically just because like they, they are at the end of the day sort of i guess like buildings and infrastructure as opposed to like they're not a studio isn't a creative they're not yeah. they, they're, they're not a vision the people are the vision and they yeah. like constantly move around and move that vision like throughout the throughout the industry yeah it's been really funny to see um I, i'm sure you know uh shinichi yamata um the director yeah. of for every uh like the director of rakugo and um kaguya-sama for everyone it's been really funny to see you know rakugo and kaguya-sama i would call like two of them you know most acclaimed series of the of the decade depending on the decade you look at um it's been really funny to see because he worked i think originally at shaft but then he started working at studio dean a studio that is not known for much favorable praise based on their handling of some series so then you see people are shocked that you know studio dean has anime of the year because they're so used to kind of like criticizing studio dean and then he moves on to A1 Studios, which was the punching bag of like the 2010s because they had yeah. Sword Art Online and like so many different um, like light novel battle harem adaptations that people look down upon. And now I see people saying because of Kaguya-sama and his work there that they want A1 Studios to take over an adaptation of something. Meanwhile, if it was like five years ago, people, you would never see anyone say, I want A1 Studios to work on my favorite <laughs> yeah. and my favorite manga coming out. So it's, it's, yeah. it's so funny to see. And it's all because of like this one person has done, not, not only him, but like the shows yeah. he has worked on and have done such a great job with that. Like now people are changing their opinions on studios because of the people behind them. So it's been kind of funny to see how it's changed over the years. Yeah, it's it's like I, I feel like that's the thing. You can there's such an it's such a simple step to change your view on that. It's like just understand that this is a person making the thing yeah. as opposed to like, you know, just the I, I don't say like soulless corporate entity, but that's yeah. like the best I can say it. Like yeah, rather than that, just like understand that this is a person moving in, around and support the person as opposed yeah. to like just supporting the building. It's not that hard I don't think yeah. obviously there are, there are things to do to like I, I guess really get into it but like I, I think you can I, I don't think that's much of a leap to like just yeah. understand that yeah definitely yeah um what was I gonna say yeah I think it's interesting to see like there's a lot of like interesting ways that I think like when you're first starting out like the discussion can kind of go in one direction do you feel like for the people who are very much like in the weeds of like the creator to creator content, like everyone who's like really in the weeds. Do you feel like there's some kind of discourse that you find to be less productive? Maybe it's like people are getting a bit too um, pedantic or a bit too nitpicky about certain ways of viewing the media, the medium after getting like super knowledgeable about it. Yeah, I think this is kind of uh, a critique of just general, um, like very niche hobbies is the fact mm -hmm. that I think some people forget that they are part of like a very small group of people that understand very esoteric information. And so like, I, I, I understand why some people like, you know, anime definitely does have like rampant misinformation problem. Like, mm -hmm. Definitely, I understand that. Like, uh, and I'm very much like against that. And, and I guess trying to, I guess, I, I'm not solving it, but like at least yeah. trying to push back against it. Um, but 
I can also understand the fact that like this is niche information that most people don't know and or care. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I think like when communicating with people who don't understand, I think you have to kind of balance how you approach them just because like this is completely new to them. They don't yep. understand this. And like you don't have to be like patronizing about it. But at the same time, like I think you just have to understand that like this is something that I think the community is still trying to get to grips with. It's been a long time, yeah. but like with more resources and things being available and more things in English being available, I think you just ha kind of have to grow together. I know it's like, it sounds like a very like, you know, very happy, happy take, but like, I, no, think, we have to, <laughs> I think we do have to try and um, I guess understand that this is something that's going to like take time to, to solve and thus like kind of understanding that not everyone is on the same page with like the very niche things that you know about anime and anime production and, and just like the art of anime because a lot of people again just watch it very casually uh, yeah. you know on, on their nights after work and so like expecting to know so much it yeah. is a bit like of uh, I guess too much to ask maybe um, so you kind of have to compromise a bit I think. Yeah yeah I think that makes sense and I think it's pretty fair because it's like it's easy to kind of Forget, it is kind of easy as you forget, to, as you said, to forget that like not everyone is, you know, super interested in getting in the weeds and they do kind of consume it as a hobby. So it's a it's a yeah. tough balancing act. Do you ever think there's a point uh, where now on the other side of, of that, uh, do you ever think there's a point where people are reading too deeply into something? Or do I've... you think all takes are just like valid? Hmm. all readings are, are pretty much. Except the Sangatsu take. That's not valid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, excluding that one thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I, I don't think you can read too deep into something. Like I think you can, you can definitely disagree with how with you know the lens to which someone is going. But I don't. I think it's more the fact that uh, th there are definitely some things that are unreasonable. I'd say like you know so, saying X is Y is like not right. But I I don't think you can read too deep just because i i think it, it at the end of the day it's just what you view as it, it's just what you think of it at the end of the day so i i don't really know how like truly deep you can read into it and also i just think the whole rhetoric of you know you're, you're reading too deep into things is very harmful for like media literacy because uh, most people often kind of stop at either the literal reading or you know one reading and that's it and and so i think it's less of the fact that what well, i think not to like change the question, but I don't think it's really a matter of whether you can read too deep into something or not, but whether like it, you should be reading into things, I think is more of the thing as opposed to like whether it's too much or too little, like that can come later. But what's more important, I think, is the fact that like you're really engaging with the thing itself as opposed to kind of just like seeing it for its surface and then saying anything that isn't the surface is too deep, really. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, in the kind of light of that, uh, this is this is the hot take safe zone because you know we we have to bring back hot, hot takes battle royale to see truly the the most hot takes. But I is there kind of, yeah? <laughs> um, yeah. Is there any like is you know I know that like as like you know as podcasters and creators like sometimes there are like thoughts and opinions that you want to express but you can't because it's either not enough for an episode or like it doesn't fit with the theme what is like 
the hot take that you've always wanted to express, but that you could not have because it didn't work for a video or you didn't want to post it on Twitter and have the Hunter Hunter composer unfollow you. But you can say here and avoid responsibility. Yeah, we'll, we'll take responsibility. Yeah, our responsibility. Ooh. It's actually really hard because, like, I I'm not going to lie. Like, this is going to make me sound really, like, milk toast, but, like, I don't actually have many, like, hot takes. I don't mean, it, like, it in the – I'm just so modest, but, like, I'm just kind of boring. No. In the sense of, like, I just like a lot of stuff. Everyone <laughs> thinks that. And guess yeah. who said the exact same thing? The person who said that uh, Sangatsu is not their favorite. They say, <laughs> I don't have hot takes, and I had to remind them of their uh, hot takes. So we all have um, that one. I, I honestly like can't think of one on the spot. Uh, hmm. I am putting you on the spot, so that's yeah. that was out of nowhere. If you, um, if you need an assist, I was right. going to ask you this earlier. Uh, what is an anime that you do not like? Like you don't even care. <laughs> you don't understand. Like you understand it, but you just don't like it. Um, or hate. Okay, okay, yeah, I, I have one. Um, Rising <laughs> of the Shield Hero. I don't like that. Which show. one? Rising of the Shield Hero. Yeah, we go. Yes, I, I, I just that's just one show I can say like, yeah, I just don't like it. It's just not uh, the first episodes had me hooked. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. And then like I watched those during like an anime society, like an anime club, and like I, I had to you know continue watching it. But then <laughs> at, the more I got into it, the more I just realized that I felt like I was just wasting my own time. <laughs> I I just didn't like it really. I, I I didn't really understand. And and what's funny is that maybe I'm just I'm just projecting here, but like you know I was looking. I, I like to be a bit of a hater and look at shows that I don't like and just see like what people are thinking about it. And then like with Shield Hero, people <laughs> for season two, people were just like, was this show always this bad? Yeah, and so, yeah. like, I, and so I I felt kind of like validated that maybe I wasn't crazy like a few years ago. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, that's the exact same spot because I feel like you have people in two camps where they're like, I never liked it and it was always bad, or like. I, it's not as good as it was at the beginning, but I was hooked on the first couple episodes too. I was willing to give it a chance despite the criticism. And then you get to the end and you're like, I wasted my time. This was not, yeah. this was an absolute waste of time. So I feel you on that. Yeah. That's exactly what's actually going on with My Hero Academia right now. Everybody's like rising Ooh. up. And like, and, it was always bad. No, I freaking knew no. it. Okay. <laughs> Even Shaw's yeah, this, like, I disagree with that like, one. No, yes. no, because I, no, I was talking. <laughs> I was talking with Tay about this and I said, look, these people are co-opting our hate train from six years ago. We were day one haters and everyone else was a day one lover. They're like, oh, it's great. It'll be great. And now they're coming around to our side. And I'm like, no, you guys are not built the same. You guys are different. You're coming at it from a different place. But I mean, you know, it is what it is. But I'm I'm the true hate I'm the true hater. I am, I am. I'm the true hater. <laughs> oh God! True hater academia over here. This is it. <laughs> yeah, see that's a that's like a good hot take to have now though. Rising is shield hero, hero yeah. not not my hero academia. That that one was yeah. never a good hot take to have, even when it was a hot take. But yeah. the shield hero yeah, was a nice take to have right now. Like I I I, th I think I think you you have like decent support. You say like my hero academia went downhill. Like I think a lot of people are like okay with that at the moment. Yeah, I you know, it's it might be hard to believe, but I'm not happy to see it because I was looking forward to catching up and seeing it get good. So I feel bad for the wholesome fans like Onimaru 
who's just like, I just enjoy it and I'm having fun. And then I'm like, you know, the like, what is it like the fortress of doom over here, like laughing with like, like <laughs> yeah, lightning in like, the background. Always hated it. Don't Professional hate it. hater over here. <laughs> but no, I, I'm not happy to see that one go downhill as much as you think. But yeah, no, Shield Hero is a good one to be like, I was right. It was always bad. Yeah. Any others that you, uh, actually, any other um, well-loved ones that mm -hmm. don't vibe with you? Ooh. Um, I thought Shield Hero was that. <laughs> I mean, I think it is, yeah. but it does have some controversy, so, um, like... Hmm. Um, well-liked anime that I don't like. Um, I, I, I'm struggling again. Like, I, I, I just don't know because I, I, I'm just so boring. I think. No! <laughs> um, it, hmm. I feel like... Uh, it would be too niche to say like there are some there are some movies from like like okay this isn't but for example this isn't a specific anime but I it's not to say that I don't like anime from the 70s but like there's some shows from like that era that I just I just don't resonate with it's not that they're bad I just don't really feel it that much mm -hmm. and so yeah that's maybe one of those things that like this that will kind of like lay buried like here on like the just weaves like vault but yeah, <laughs> yeah until we I get just, to Rosa yeah. Versailles and then we're yeah. like wait a minute we love this and then we're like wait a minute like, did you all love it? <laughs> yeah, like, I, the is that there are some 70s anime that I really like. There's some really good movies from the 70s, particularly. But, like, in terms of the TV series, I just, I don't know. I just don't really quite feel them in the way that, like, some people that are really deep into them do. And, and to be fair, like, it does take time sometimes to get into those sorts of things. Like, I think I'm finally, it's not like I, you know, dislike the 80s, but I've really come around to really, like, loving 80s anime now. And mm -hmm. so like i'm i'm now comfortable with that and i think that'll eventually happen with the 70s but it's just like as, as i kind of said before i'm I, I changed like a lot based on the vibe and the feel and like eventually mm -hmm. i'll like start to feel it and then i'll just kind of like it like everything else besides shield hero of course but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's okay we can sensationalize that and turn it into like a, a really bad hot take we'll just say jamal says there is no peak anime in the 70s yeah, 70s yeah, like, <laughs> 70s anime sucks. 70s Explodes. anime in the mud. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, those are more wholesome hot takes than, like, our average one. At least my average one. I got... Yeah. Going, going to destroying anime films less, left and right, but... Yeah. Anime films are just, you know, hit or miss. I think that was, like, a direct reference to Pancreas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, I thought of three different movies which is how i've i've turned the corner of knowing like i used to think i didn't have hot takes and now i've i've turned the corner and i'm like no no i i have hot takes but my friend does not have the same level of self-awareness to remember that they don't like march comes in like a lion to know that that's a hot take <laughs> but yeah all right well i think that's all I had. Uh, Did you have any you questions have any, for yeah. us to incriminate us? Yeah. Do you have any questions for us? This is your chance. Uh, hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking as like a long time viewer, like how can I, uh, you know, make this as explosive as possible, and, like, <laughs> completely derail the podcast, like from here on Des out. But destroy the podcast. <laughs> this is your moment. <laughs> uh, hmm. 
I, I feel like, no, you've answered, you've already answered this before. I was going to say, like, why do you just, like, I, I why do you just hate pancreas, Shah? But, like, I think <laughs> you've explained this, like, multiple times. <laughs> yeah, I think the short answer, I have to come up with the short answer because the long-winded answer isn't working. And I've gotten to the point where I'm, like, looking up my old answers because I don't know how to, like, phrase it. But I think I just think it's, like, uh, I don't think it handles the subject matter well. And then I don't think there's like many redeeming qualities outside of that. So like if I took away my personal dis distaste with it, it would be like a bad movie. But now it, I have like that personal distaste with it. So it's a very bad movie. But I I have to say that Pancreas fans have been some of the most like wholesome, good spirited, like well, like really like easygoing people. So I'm genuinely happy when people do like Pancreas. I just recognize that like, I don't, but I like, you know, if someone watches pancreas, I don't want them to have like a bad time with it. I just know that I'm, I'm over here hating like behind closed doors. So but we are offended of how high it is on the Mal top 100. So. Okay. It's below end of Evangelion. That's what I'm, I'm just that, saying. It's too close. I'm just it's saying, too I'm just saying, close. It's too, it's too I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, it's all fair. Yeah. It's all fun and games until you see it, it below end of Evangelion, but that's just, it's my cross to bury. I mean, carry cross to carry. Okay. So that's not the phrase. I'm right there with you. Yeah, that 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 really does hurt. Like, yeah, I don't know why End of Evangelion is not high. Like, I don't I don't care that much about now to be fair. But yeah. like, when it comes to the End of Evangelion, I start caring because yeah, like, yeah <laughs> that happens like... to me all the time. It's like I don't care about mal ratings, and then I just see one like score or like rating that on the list, and that's when I'm like. I care right now. It's yeah. it, it, it like flips a switch, but um, I mean, I, mean, I get why End Evangelion is so low, but it is what it is. I think it's going. I think it's gotten higher over time. Yeah, which yeah. is good to which is good, but you know, I guess it makes sense when it's like such a controversial film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think though, like if, if we're just talking about Mal a bit, I, I think that. I, I don't want to say, oh, I dislike the culture of my anime list just because, like, you know, it's, it's a it's a large website. There's so many people on it. But I think that's also where a lot of the um, the animation discourse that I really don't like yeah. stems from in the sense that, like, uh, and people can review things how they review them, sure. But, like, you know, when people will review something in terms of, like, oh, animation has a score, um, story has a score, yeah, sound yeah. has a score. And it's like, I feel like those things are so... I, I also have like a, a larger critique of scoring, but that's like mm -hmm. another thing. I'm not, I don't like hate it or something because I do it myself on my anime list. That's why I have an account. But yeah. um, I, I think it's just viewing those things as such separate things as opposed yeah. to like the cohesive thing is kind of what I have a big problem with just because like, you know, we spend this whole podcast talking about it. It's just they're so like intertwined together to like separate them out just feels very weird and like sort of clinical. In a yeah. way that doesn't need to be. This sounds like a hot take. No, no, yeah, this is a <laughs> maybe it is, yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, I like score I score a lot of things, but I agree with you because I'll read reviews where they're just so they do feel so kind of like like clinical of like here's the animation section, here's the story section, here's the characters. And I like it a bit more when you can kind of get a sense of like how they feel about it. And maybe they'll mention like, yeah, I think it looks good and this is why the visuals complemented everything but i do think it gets a bit too much where people are like score 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 average it up score yeah. and then it's like sometimes i think people forget that like 
the numerical score is supposed to represent how you feel, but like your feeling yeah. comes bef come before the score. It's not like the score and then your feelings. Yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe this is a, a grander critique I have of like education as well in the sense of like a lot of education regarding media is very much about teaching people to analyze writing and how things are written and you know how things how words have meaning and so on but yeah. there really isn't that same level of support for understanding how I guess how something moves and how you can mm -hmm. describe that and and how that works like yeah we yeah. do a lot of drawing in school but we don't really talk about what the effects of the drawings are and what those what the story they tell and I think that's like a really important thing for media literacy because media literacy shocker isn't just books <laughs> you yeah, can yeah. consume so many more things and you need to understand so many more things I think to really like engage with media and understand like what you what you're viewing uh, as well as just reading yeah, yeah. I think I that's totally so true that. yeah. yeah this is somewhat related but not but I think the pinnacle of like bad um it taking and my anime list culture but also like indb culture like just the whole like aggregated data rating website culture is yeah. i saw in one of the conversations for um you know the, one of the demon slayer clips going viral over whatever um one of the comments was saying i am not going to you know i'm not a huge fan of demon slayer but i'm not going to criticize the highest rated anime episode on imdb and they said it was like you know, referring to Demon Slayer, sees the latest season, like the big fight scene, they, like they're saying that one was the highest rated on IMDb. And then other people were kind of like, well, you don't have to like it if it's the top one. And they're like, but this is like, everyone has voted on this website and they're saying this one is the best episode. And funny enough, it wasn't the highest rated episode. There were like three Attack on Titan episodes ahead of it on IMDb. So Right, it, yeah. they weren't even correct about it being the highest rated episode but it's also so funny how like so many people play into that idea of like this thing must be the best because so many people have voted with their scores on it being the best and you're like you can you can just like not agree you could just like not agree with like my anime list imdb etc well at that point yeah. i think they're they're struggling with not wanting to be to feel like they're the uncultured one yeah that's true <laughs> yeah and i but. think like um if you really want to dive into like if we like again kind of sort of go back to animation if you really want to get in touch with animation you have to really stretch yourself and go outside of you know like the top rated things because there are a lot of incredible and even influential things in the space of anime that like you don't really see near like the top even 200 or 1000 on now like a lot of those things are very deep and you have to kind of dig beyond just what you see on the surface to, I, I guess, uh, explore what animation is all about in anime. And yeah, like th there's much more to just what people think is good. And you can also just find a lot of my, well, a lot of things that I really like are things that I, I don't like try and sound like I'm some sort of like hipster or something, but you know, <laughs> like a lot of the things that I like are also things that aren't particularly like in the mainstream and that's fine like, I don't make it my whole identity or something but like it, it's worth exploring those things just for your own I, I guess understanding and just enjoyment mm -hmm. as well because I'm sure there's something deep it, that there's probably that I think that there's like a 90s 80s OVA that you know had like 100 viewers for everyone 
that yeah. there's there's one out there because there are so yeah. many made. Um, you just kind of have to find it, really. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that's that's really accurate and true. And I found that to be true in my experience. And I think Onimaro has because I think we've all like we've all seen something that's not mainstream that's really clicked with us, and then we're like, okay, this thing is cool. We want more people on it, or maybe not, because then sometimes when you get like people on like yeah. the obscure stuff, you're like, actually, no, I don't want anyone on this anymore. I mean, super recent example is Sunny Boy. You know, I just checked; it's ranked number one thousand sixteen, and that has like <sighs> some very crazy, like like very like outstanding moments within it. So, and it's, yeah, it's very Sunny, far down. <laughs> Sunny, Sunny Boy was like an experience, uh, and I think also like a really great moment for like Shingo Natsume getting recognition in like the English speaking fandom as yep. well, like. I, I not to say that no one knew who Shingo Natsume was, but I think people knowing Shingo Natsume for Shingo Natsume as opposed to like the One Punch Man director, yeah. I think it, it was like a really big step and people really found a show that was very, um, I guess, unique and something that they hadn't seen before. And that like, uh, th those are the sort of shows that I really love because, and I think that's why a lot of people that are really like into animation, like original anime in particular, mm -hmm. because it, I think it really allows like, the director and the people behind the show to shine because that's all you have to look to you don't have to look to and it's not to oh disregard manga creators or um, light novel writers or anything but it's like i think there's no really divided attention in between or like divided praise it can all go to i guess this single team and i think um yeah that that's why i really love like what happened with sunny boy really because i think it drew people into I guess viewing the creatives for creatives and like that vision that like a lot of people usually don't realize when it comes to other shows and particularly like adaptations. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think Sunny Boy is really going to go down as like maybe not the best. Maybe I don't know if it's an accurate comparison. I don't want to be doing disservice to either, but I think it's going to be like the 2020s fully coolly or like like the new like an original series that like I know Fully Cooly was popular, but I think it was popular in like certain circles. And but it's kind of like grown to become like a staple over time. And I think that's going to yeah. happen with Sunny Boy, where it's already kind of like a staple among people who are like into anime beyond just like the really popular titles. But I think it's only going to continue to grow as like a staple piece of like part of the part of the medium. So I think it's really cool to see that because you see so many like really wacky but like good wacky series that you wouldn't find in any other medium and it's always cool to celebrate those and i think sunny boy is just like a great reminder of like the creativity in the medium yeah yeah and that's really just like i, I think that sums up why i just love original anime it's the creativity that's behind it um not to say again that like adaptations yeah. are creative there are so many amazing uh, creative adaptations that we've even mentioned throughout this whole cast but yeah. um i think original anime is really great because it's very much suited for animation in itself as mm -hmm. opposed to so that there's not much of there's not really any, I guess, translation, at least from the like visual perspective going on. Um, it's it's recognized and constructed around the fact that it's going to be animated as opposed to like, oh, how do we make this thing turn into this while also animating it? And so I think you get a much more um, pure creative vision. There are, of course, like flops for, of original anime, of course, and um, some of them really suck, but I think the best ones are ones that are really gonna like 
do a real number on your perspective really just because you get to i guess i i think you kind of almost get to engage with the creator much more through the work um and like you know who, who doesn't like doing that really yeah exactly I'm taking notes on everything you're saying for the next time a pro-mayor discussion comes up and I can defend <laughs> pro-mayor to the masses. I'm like, yeah. got original anime film. I'm just saying. I, I, I love pro-mayor. Pro Thank you. Let's go. Let's go. There's yeah. too many. I, the way I flip the switch and turn from like, like, nor, like, I guess like meathead, like this thing is hype to like when people like don't like Promare and then I like, I'm like, why are you disrespecting the craft of the medium? How dare you? And then I just immediately turn a split, split yeah. the switch and just sound like up my ass the whole time. But cause I'm not accurately communicating it, but I'm like, look at this art. Yeah, Promare really is like art in my head at least. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's really good, but I'm also biased. I did watch it in a room with, studio trigger so we, we we were in the same room and we didn't know each other at the time because we got to see it at ax yeah. yeah uh that's a really good story actually yeah, yeah. yeah uh, we we experienced uh, an earthquake with studio trigger wait wait what so, was that was that yeah was that, that was it was yeah, there was so that. it was it was like july 4th weekend of 2019 and there were like two earthquakes in la that time one happened like the first day i guess it was like January, I mean, July 3rd, whatever. There was like a big earthquake, but it was like kind of whatever. The second earthquake happened and it was like a much larger earthquake. And where the way they had it was like, they they showed the, I guess, North American premiere of Promare. And then they had a panel afterwards with yeah, Studio Trigger where like people could like ask them questions or whatever. And like during the panel, there was like a huge earthquake and they're not even like batting an eye. And we're all like, uh, this is scary. Like we, there were like these huge lights above us. I'm like, yeah. what if it's they like a fall? Huge speaker on one side, everybody's like backing away. Like oh, <laughs> yeah. it's going to fall. Wow. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's one way to experience the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was hype. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that it's definitely terrifying. helped. Really made yeah, you like... feel like the earth was crumbling under you and there yeah. was a giant volcano so yeah. just yeah, like, i guess just la things because uh, exactly. i don't i'm not used to earthquakes but yeah, I, like, but i think they work so yeah you get to say like uh oh like you, you experienced promo like at, at home or on your chair like i experienced it while like going through an earthquake <laughs> yeah. in the cinema with studio trigger like that's yeah. the biggest flex like you can ever have really and yeah studio trigger looking like badasses not batting an eye just like you guys are weak yeah <laughs> yeah that was definitely no. that's why i was like i'm not sure if i actually like this movie or if we just had a good time so then like watch it in theaters a couple times back at home and i'm like okay no i actually do like this movie even when studio trigger and earthquakes aren't here so it's a nice confirmation yeah, movie, but yeah. nothing beats that first time <laughs> yeah oh. yeah um we had a question in chat on what are what's your thoughts on kari kano i'll just bring that up uh, that seems like a that was a good example before our Promare <laughs> um, diversion. It's going to be quite a disappointing answer that I just haven't seen Karikana. So I just can't really have a take on it. Um, I, I should have, and I, I really should, like, <laughs> but I, I just haven't. So, um, yeah. It's okay. I haven't seen it either. So same boat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you guys would both. I think you guys would both like it. I saw it somewhat recently like within a year and it was huh. very good. I think it's worth it. Yeah. It's very exciting. I'll, I have to watch it. Watch I it and then it. we'll have the Karigano pod. 
Ironically, as like the the big Evangelion fans have not seen Karikai, (laughs) (laughs) and then talk about it. Yeah, Yeah, it's a good one. Um, So, (laughs) average Hunter Hunter enjoyer was wondering, what are your thoughts on eighty six? Oh, eighty six. Okay, this is where my hot takes come. Let's go. Um, Let's go. Eighty six part one really took me by surprise. I really liked the first part. I think the first part. Um, I thought that this was going to be kind of like, you know, the usual, like, um, political racism thing that they, mm-hmm. you know, like, and it actually took me by surprise on how, like, much, I, I guess, nuance was in its discussion, and visually it was quite nice as well. And then part two is where I'm like, this isn't that good anymore. <laughs> um, I think part two is where it waters down a lot of what it has to say. And also visually as well, I understand it was going through major production issues. So like, you know, those episodes were being really delayed and the direction was like very, I I guess, mediocre for what it was, um, which is unfortunate, but I understand that. Um, The second to last episode and the last episode are really, really good. Like Mm -hmm. the second to last episode is like one of the best episodes I've seen this year. It Mm -hmm. was like top notch, but it's just kind of hard for me to say that I really liked part two when like it had two good episodes to me i know it's like a bit brutal but like um yeah no, so 80, 86 kind of has like a mixed legacy in my head where it it's kind of good and i think it has the potential to be really good but it didn't really quite realize that in the second part of, of like the show yeah i gotta catch up on the second part but i i feel like that tracks to what i've heard at least in terms that i only hear about the last two episodes yeah and they, they kind of make up for like the whole second half of the season and that's why i think yeah. most people kind of forgive it but if you did not enjoy and plus i kind of i don't know jamal did you binge it too because i like yeah binged yeah I, I, the second half yeah i so watched it in like a week okay. yeah it, it was kind of more just dis- like the disappointment came really quick though because like i was on a big high after 86.1 i was like okay this is actually like really good i really liked this uh, mm-hmm. I, I love what it's doing and then part two hit and then like slowly but surely I was realizing that this isn't quite right or at least this is getting much worse and repetitive and then yeah, yeah. and then that's the, the final two thing. pardon sorry no I just said that's the biggest thing with part two it's the repetitiveness yeah. Yeah. kind of makes it to a slog yeah and then like the final two episodes I watched the last ep- I managed to catch the last episode on like the weekly basis I think or I think it was the last two and yeah like I really like those but I just uh, I, because I binged it, I couldn't really um, like. I, I guess I can I can see past those because they were like fresh in my head, mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe if they I watched them like twelve weeks ago or like five weeks ago, I would have felt like pretty different. But yeah, it it all was a bit of a mess to me. Yeah, that makes sense. I will see when I binge it because I at this point I have to binge the first part and then the second part. But yeah, that we found your hot take. We did it. And that did not sound that brutal. That sounded very nice. Um, I guess we have one more question on how do you feel about Skate to Infinity? I like Skate. I think Skate's really good. Um, yeah, overall, I just think it's a really fun show. Um, nice product. Like, I, it also did a lot of shows around this time also had production issues, but like, you know, overall, it, it kind of held its own. It, it's a nice show. Um, I, I really like. I, I in just in terms of like I, I don't know if I can really speak much on the animation. The animation is really good, but like just in terms of the writing, I, I really like how its emphasis on sports is about fun 
yeah. as opposed to um you know like being the best yeah and i just like how local it feels as opposed yeah. to you know like we're, we're going through the tournaments to be the best yeah. nothing wrong with those those can be really good and like you know I, i'm a ping pong fan i like haikyuu and so on but like i i do like that slight change for, for a second of just thinking yeah. of sports as recreational as opposed to like you know being making a career out of it or yeah. being you know the best ever and so um yeah skate i i really liked it i i, I didn't really have much stuff to say after that yeah, yeah. it was good especially adam yeah adam <laughs> <was> Skate <laughs> skateboarding dio um yeah. we have two more if you have time um yeah, sure yeah i have plenty of time um i'm gonna go in opposite order because i think this might uh the question is have you seen steins gate i knew she was yes. going for that one yes <laughs> no i'm going in both but i have to, i feel like one leads yeah, yeah. I, f I feel like I feel under pressure now because Charles here, like the the Steins Gate like emperor. <laughs> no. Give us the hot I, take. Say no, it, don't you get back. no. Yeah, free. It's a safe place. I do not care, in the best no, way possible. It, no, I I love Steins Gate. I think Steins Gate oh, is like, incredible. Um, it's been a long time since I've watched it though, and so like uh, that I think the, that's one of those shows that I said that like I might watch it again and I might think it's like not that good but I don't I don't think that'll be the case for Steins Gate like I, I really liked what I saw of it uh, once again it was like I think it was probably one of the first like maybe 10 20 anime I ever watched so nice. like it, it's been it's been years since I watched that but um yeah I think it's really good um I, I really liked how I, I guess of how complicated it was it, it really goes it, it takes its time to really get into time travel and, and its mechanics and it doesn't yeah like it could have done a really quick information dump at the beginning and then just kind of got into the quote-unquote juicy stuff but i really love how it takes its time to really um, build up what it is and then the second half just really pays off from that um yeah, like I think that also is one of the early shows that got me into appreciating, I guess, slower and more um, measured shows. Like it, I don't think it's poorly paced, but it definitely take it, it takes its time with, with you know building what it is, uh, and I think um, that's also why I, I love I guess now shows like Sunny Boy and stuff like that, um, or like Sarago Yo, like they take their time, they're very measured, like even Mushishi. Um, and they, they pay off really well because it's not always about getting right to the point but like building slowly to the point and then when you get there it, it, it's really good so yeah like steins gate from what i like remember in, in my head it's like a really great show we won let's go thanks yeah um, it has one of the best uh use uh uses of time travel so um i hate yeah. when like media in general like they're not about time travel, but then like in like one of the final arcs or close to the end, they just throw in a time travel mechanic and time travel mechanics have the potential to like <laughs> complicate a story so much if not done well. And it's like, uh, uh I but. think that's a big like act to future diaries, which I also happen to really dislike. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's uh, go in the mud. There's a mess. Like uh, I, I, I don't even <laughs> want to get it. I just don't like it. I just don't. It's it insists upon itself. Now, uh, Onimar, you haven't seen that one, right? No, I've not. I've considered uh, it though. It's an experience for sure. <laughs> like I thought, you kind of have to watch it, even even if it's not like at least to me good. But that's a, that, it, that's it's one I of feel, the essentials. Yeah. Like it's yeah, just I one feel of those. Like there are certain shows you just kind of have to watch to just kind of get like 
the the the, the culture around it or yeah. the, need to know. the memes. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that'll be an interesting one. I mean, I still have to finish Guilty Crown, so there's that. I think so. Guilty Crown is kind of boring, though. Like, I saw the first two episodes, and then I was kind of bored, and I, it hadn't gotten to, like, the bad part, and I'm like, what do you? Yeah. Wait, how far do I have to go for it to, like, kind of fall off? Yeah, I mean, I got to the bad part. That's why I didn't want to finish it. <laughs> so. Did I ever tell you that, like, I saw the opening before I saw any of the show, and yeah. I thought the opening was, like, this really cool like metaphor of like oh, she's, yeah, no. I remember this story. she's like you know and like the opening it starts with like the girl and she's singing on like this like she's singing like for an audience but like it's the guy is watching her on camera and i thought she was like a badass that who got like captured and this is like a metaphor for him seeing her being captured and then he has to go like save her and i was like yo this is like really interesting like this is like some really cool symbolism like right from the get-go like they're really conveying something cool and then i found out she's like just literally an idol so he's watching a music video of her and that's like there was like no i was like that like that ruined the show for me i didn't start it and i was like okay i can't watch the show this is your, this your is premise dumb. was way more interesting my than, premise uh, was i head cannoned the show so well and then i was like wait a minute this is not gonna no we're done you should have marketed it you could have just like done that angle in the trailer you know got people to watch it hype i was so deep in the weeds i was in the guilty crown and then it was like no oh my god like that, that is what people say when they're like oh you're reading too deep into things like that, yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what they try <laughs> that's what... to that's what they think like people are doing that's yeah when it's that's the level it's like you literally just made up the show and it's like <laughs> yes i did i made up the show and it did yeah. not deliver yeah um yeah. i guess this is a good last question um unfortunately uh, uh, Shichiro Kobayashi, I'm sorry if I butchered his name. Um, he unfortunately just passed away recently and, you know, he's one of the best like art directors I think I've seen in anime. I think he's also a very good example of, um, a creator who's like work you have seen, even if you don't know he's done, he's responsible for it. So for our listeners and everyone, um, he's done the background art for, or just overall art, art direction for, Lupin the Third, Castle of Cagliostro, um, Utena, the main series and the film. And most recently that I've seen, well, most recently for my viewing, uh, Angel's Egg. So like a lot of very big films out there. Um, he also did Berserk 97. So nice. I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was about to That's, say, I haven't experienced any of him. And then you said Berserk 97. There we go. Okay. There it is. There so um, he's, I think like his work, even if like, you haven't seen it personally from watching one of those. Like you've definitely seen the style somewhere, but um. So did you have any kind of like thoughts on him, thoughts on him besides like, oh he's good or like anything just you know any cool takeaways? Yeah, totally. Like Kobayashi is definitely one of those artists that, as you said, like he he's almost everywhere in the sense that like you know you you've watched a show with him on it. Um, and I think that also says a lot about the fact that um, he's one of those artists that his art direction is so good to the point to which it kind of becomes part of the general experience. Um, it's not something that, you know, it's like, oh, just that one background. No, he like he creates environments, not just mm -hmm. backgrounds. And like, that's honestly how I felt when I watched a show like um, Windy Tales, for example, mm -hmm. like that shows one of my favorite shows um really like authentic slice of life anime and i i think what's so beautiful about like the background art on that and what i experienced from that is just how authentic it feels to like real life it doesn't try to hide the fact that you know it's drawn and th this is something that you know he came up with 
and put together with his own pencil, um, it's very obvious. And that's what makes that show so beautiful and brings out what's so nice about that show because of the fact that it, essentially the message of it is how um, nothing lasts forever and everything is slightly imperfect. And we need to really embrace the imperfect moments in life and not just the, the perfect picturesque ones. And I think like Kobayashi's background art on that one um, really brings that out and it's maybe the highlight of the show uh, alongside some other things. And generally, yeah, I, I just think it's a real like shame that we've lost like yet another like great person in the anime industry. Um, yeah, like I, I've watched some other things with them on like, um, as you said, Angel's Egg, but also um, like Aim of Ace 1979, also another like really great, that one 70s movie that I'm really fond of. Um, yeah, overall just really big loss for like the industry as a whole and like uh, I, i'm just so happy he had like such a like massive legacy on like kind of how we understand background art as a whole and yeah so yeah qu quite quite upset about that honestly yeah yeah i think it's definitely very sad to see um as you said like another talent loss i'm i'm glad that the the only, you know, only positive is I've seen a lot of people talking about him and his work, and I've see, seen people mention Windy Tales a lot, so I'm definitely going to check that one out. So I'm glad that there's kind of such tragedy has led to an opportunity to appreciate more of his work. So, yeah. you know, you know, small. Did he, did he do anything uh, recent? Were there any of those recent? Because those sounded like they were more like 90s, early 2000s. I think he did one show called Simone that it was in like the mid 2000s that I think okay. might might be his most recent. He probably has other recent ones that I'm not familiar with, but I, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to know if there was anything else I recognized, but from only seeing Berserk 97, I mean, like that show in terms of what you were talking about, Jamal, like that show really they did a lot with very little. So like the background yeah. themselves captured so much atmosphere, so much of a mood like that, that really did a lot. And, that it, adaptation. and it's so tough when it's berserk that has such a the manga has such a strong visual identity as it is it's kind of like how do you change how do you adapt that and then how do you also like give that your own personal style to it and i think he um melds the two like really well yeah he, he did do a few like things a bit later towards like the early 2000s like um nadam kantaval and um and I think it was um, Aihana as well, and like Ami Monogatari. He's done a few things, but like I'd say, I think when most people are aware of like his most iconic works was like pre two thousand. Um, but I think it says a lot about him as a creator in the sense that people remember him and his legacy that deep into anime. Whereas like there are so many creators who who like I don't say they're almost lost in that period. I don't mean like make it like competition, but um, yeah. You know like people still talk about him he is still like the guy for background mm -hmm. to this day um and i think that says like so much about like how powerful he has he is as a creator and will continue to be honestly because I, I i don't really see anything um quite like it i don't think we ever will see anything quite like it ever again yeah 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 well said i'm on it now I'm regretting wearing a slightly green shirt that I could not show off the angel's egg background I had at the beginning of the podcast. But uh, yeah, you can't you can't do anything with like a slight bit of green, or even if it's yep. a blue that leans towards green. So yeah, I'm gonna, 
That's the tricky part. <laughs> just make it just make it the background anyway, and then just like fade into the background. You just be it. Just embrace just, it. Just it's like the Homer Simpson meme where he's like fading into the bush. Yeah. I will just fade into Angel's egg. I think that's your idiosyncrasy. You gotta do it. It's my calling, becoming yeah. the angel's egg. <laughs> Actually, one last question for Jamal. Actually, maybe last two, but this one was uh what do you value in terms of the craft uh the yeah. most in anime? Like what do you which which part do you value the most? Personally. Uh, mm -hmm. it, I I think I what recently I've been leaning very much into like I appreciate like direction and cinematography probably the most as of now. Like that is always shifting just based on interest because like there'll be some moments where like you know I'll be really into like movement and certain people and I'll be watching everything from that certain person who has like one cut or on the show, but like uh, I think as of now, I've kind because I think I don't see that there are limits as to exploring movement because you know that like everyone's unique and how they animate things. But I think I, I've kind of gone to the point to which like yeah, I, I love I love looking at movement, but I, I also you have to think a lot about how the movement is staged, and, and that's where I think direction comes in because yeah, I think you I don't want to say it's like the next level, but I think it takes much more to think about because yeah you have how something moves but where is the thing moving for example or where or, or how exactly is that movement put together um in, in reference to like the framing of it and stuff like that so um i've been really like in, in the weeds we've said that like so many times this podcast so, yeah <laughs> in the weeds with like in the weeds um, podcast yeah <laughs> um, i've been really deep into like direction and i i guess storyboarding i kind of put those in the same um like bucket really um yeah mostly those two things were i've been like most interested on but like i'm kind of just interested in the general thing i'd like to be more interested in stuff like sound and voice acting but that's something that like I think takes a lot more like work and study to get into because you know you have to study stuff like music theory and you know I didn't play an instrument so that's like a lot <laughs> to learn but yeah. um like eventually those things and also just the amount of resources on like of sound design in anime at least like of specific sound designers is very minimal as of now on what I understand and so um yeah that would take like a bit of work and time but uh, yeah, like I, I wouldn't be interested in it all, but like at the moment, like direction is kind of like where I'm at at the moment, like cinematography. Yeah. And actually on that uh, note about uh, doing studies and studying that part of it, uh, up until now, like you've become like so knowledgeable about all this stuff. Has it really just been through mainly just observation, kind of researching the staff and just paying careful attention, maybe a mix of conversations that has just been pretty much that or did you already have like maybe some background and just analyzing films or discourse or anything like that uh i i'd say i'm kind of fresh out the gate like i i have studied uh, at least you know in school like you do stuff like media studies stuff like that yeah. so like i did have a bit of that but that kind of came a bit afterwards uh, and i wouldn't i don't know how much that taught me to like analyze a movie per se but um I, I think it is mostly through like observation and a bit of like I guess also just seeing other people's commentary on some things also gets you interested as well because it's like oh, I never thought about this perspective let me watch this thing for myself and then you form your own um yeah. so yeah like it was a lot of that and also a lot of I guess just um 
yeah just watching loads of stuff and just getting like interested in loads of stuff uh sometimes maybe that that comes with the downside of like watching something that's actually just really boring um, <laughs> but um yeah like it kind of paid off i i guess and is like continuing to pay off i i hope like eventually is like you know just kind of explore what anime has to offer i'll eventually like get to you know just watching black and white like anime yeah. but um, <laughs> for now um yeah that's kind of like where i'm at just watching stuff where and when i can yeah i had a, a bit of that this summer i had like a but for film i had like a film kick where i just like went back through like old like classic yeah. films and i was like watching through some of them just to understand like cultural impact or pick up on things but there was one point where uh, I caught myself thinking, like, okay, this is very boring. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you reach just like you, you then just reach that that one thing is like, okay, let me go back to the modern stuff now because like this is just getting like a bit too much. For me. Uh, yeah, like there's sometimes where I, I get into like an OVA kick where I'll just be watching like six episode shows from like the '90s or whatever. And like uh, I watched like I know five of them in a row, and then eventually there'll be one that just like I feel like I have to really drag my heels to get through it. That I'm just like okay, like well, well, I'm I've done enough nineties for today. Like, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna go back to like my usual like seasonal grind. <laughs> just, like, leave it at that. It's like it seems like both the best and worst of both worlds, where it's like you got the seasonal grind, and then you have the yeah. 80s OVA grind, and one will help you appreciate the other. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, I'll, I'll have to get a, some recommendation on some 80s OVAs because I think that's like, that's another step in the pipeline. It's like you got to go back to some 80s OVAs to see what they were cooking back then. Yeah, I definitely would love to do like a like a series or something where we just go through the decades, you know, like that just be cool. Uh, like yeah, the highlights of like, like, like Shaw's just like, no, no, we can't. <laughs> no, I would love that. that. <laughs> like tackle the seventies, finish the seventies, go to the eighties and just like, I don't know, not everything, but just like the highlights and like, kind of just see the, like identify the cultural impacts of like each decade. That'd be cool. Cause like, I feel like one of the things that's lacking, and I think this goes back to a point that Jamal was saying earlier that like, there's a lot of focus on writing for media, like the writing part of it. So mm -hmm. online, there's like a lot of easily accessible resources, you know, that are databases that kind of give examples and stuff, but it's always focused on the writing. You know, it's, there's never really like as accessible sources for stuff that gives you examples about like the visual uh, side of it or stuff like that, that you kind of have to like search out for yourself, so. Unless there is, and I don't know what it is, but <laughs> yeah, like I, I guess, like you know, the, you know, the usual like Sakura, I guess Annie DB as well. Like they do help, but I I do agree that like the, those things are still pretty niche in the sense that most people aren't. Uh, mo most people I don't think are like combing through staff databases to like see who directed X Y Z episode and kind of like make connections and form patterns. But I do think. I think things are changing, but it's still going to take a bit of a while. And it, even though like the resources exist, I don't think that really gets people into like really analyzing per se, because like, yeah, you can come through a database, but that's not really going to teach how to engage with their work very much. It's the first step, I'd say. But um, I think engaging on that level is much more foundational and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's too late, uh, but it's yeah, I think it's something much more deep rooted in just how people view art as a whole, as opposed to like it being just like an anime thing for now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
All right. Yeah. I think that that's it. <laughs> we did the fake. We did the fake Ooh. out before of like yeah. we might end it, and then we had twenty <laughs> more minutes of things to talk about. So I'm sorry if we faked everyone out, including you, Jabal. I'm sorry for the fake out, but um, <laughs> it was great was to have you. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to mention or say in general? Uh, not really. Besides, uh, I'm I, I'm just I don't okay. I'm, I don't know if I can like I don't know if I can substantiate, but like I was gonna say I'm like the number one just sweeps fan, but um, oh, <laughs> um, no. but hey. yeah, um, hey. I, I'm just happy to be here. It's been like a really fun like chill conversation. Actually, really you can this. substantiate it because you are on the pod. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I am. Want to argue? You have to come on. Yeah. yeah. yeah fight me on the hot takes episode like i yes. am the number one just <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be a fun time um well we are a huge jamal well i was gonna say jamal fan but like we are a fan of you but it's like it's not the we are huge get in the mecca fan but fan of both so Ooh. oh no my camera went out of focus <laughs> sorry <laughs> the hot uh, takes are, yeah. the hot takes got too hot but um, we're yeah. almost done, so it'll you only need to hold out for like two more minutes. Yeah, yeah. but essentially, we're we're a big fan of you. I hope that um, I'm sure so, I'm sure we have similar watchers and viewers, like and listeners. So like, but yeah. if they have not. Um, if for some reason they have not heard of you, um, where is the best way to find you and like consume um, your content? Um, yeah, you can find me on pretty much like it. Well, yeah, you can just Google me basically, or like yeah just google guests in the mecca or like um on any audio like podcast platform just search guests in the mecca um and you should find it just fine if you also go into youtube as well um for video podcasts you can check that out at um just youtube.com slash get in the mecca just search guests in the mecca um that's one word on youtube i don't know why i did that but yeah and then um <laughs> and then for social media I i'm quite simple i just use one site um so you can check me out on twitter that's again gets the mecca or one word and yeah i just post stuff and writing and videos so yeah just check me out if you do like enjoy this sort of stuff in like a slightly um more like i guess compressed format yeah, yeah well i i'm gonna keep showing your stuff because i genuinely see so many people who i think want to engage in like this depth of content like this depth of knowledge and i think they're frustrated because they don't see it as much but it's i'm gonna let them know like this is like a great resource to engage with and think of and like you know this is just like where i think they want to be so thank you so thank you for doing what you do and thanks for coming on this was a great time yeah thank you for having me uh, i've had a really good time <laughs> yeah i'm glad uh, to hear it really exciting too that your content is like kind of continually evolving you're like morphing you know now into like the video side of it and wow with the examples because i checked out like an older episode which is just audio you know now yeah, it's like uh, you on the camera and the stone age <laughs> so i feel like you're you know kind of exploring new avenues and try, trying to better for the podcast so that's really cool and it, and it makes it more interactive so you know that's yeah I'm looking forward to more of what you put out um so like Shaw said thank you for coming on um links to uh where see Jamal is in the description as well. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and you'll have uh, to have you back on for a future episode. Either, uh, you know, maybe maybe if we get through the anime decades or just another hot take pod to fight to the death. Yeah. Oh, I have to, like, <laughs> yeah. fight, like, all the, all the YouTubers. That's going to be, like, a difficult task. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or if we get into something like, 
very like rabbit hole, like into the weeds, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or March comes in like a line. Oh, that. yeah, actually, that, that, that'll be fine. I have to rewatch actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have the perfect cast of like you, Onimaru. I guess I'm not really like a factor in this, but then we bring on Tay, the one with the bad parts that comes in like a line thing. And then we have a true oh. meeting of the minds to discuss. Yeah. Okay, so like a line. The march comes in like a lion summit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But uh, yeah, that's all we got for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us guys. Um, you know, as always like the episode, if you know, you liked it, if you enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, like it, know. please. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like it, just like it anyway. Yeah, you just can't. like it. Yeah. You know, you can't see the dislike button, so it doesn't matter. Um, and uh, if you have any comments, questions, you know, for Jamal, for us about the episode, any suggestions or things you want to see in the future, let us know in the comments below. And besides that, uh, you know, if you haven't subscribed already, but you listen and you watch and you just haven't subscribed for some reason, just subscribe. Just help us out, you know. Uh, and, um, besides that, you know, we are not anime experts. Everything we said on this pod is sort of just based on observation and stuff like that, because at the end of the day, we are really just weebs. So that's it. We will catch Ooh. you guys next week. Next uh, yeah. Week. Yeah. See you guys next week. Next week.